Zealand Vegan Podcast. I'm your host Elizabeth Collins and this is episode 24. Before I begin talking about anything else, I want to um, acknowledge somebody in the community down here in New Zealand who is actually saving animals from physically saving animals. There are lots of people who do that in their own way. Um, Anybody who rescues animals non-violently, I thank them for saving individual animals' lives. And Linda, is, as far as I'm concerned, I admire her so much. I, I donate money, cash money, to two charities whenever I can. And those two are Peaceful Prairie, Animal Sanctuary, and Linda Nunn. Linda is down here in New Zealand, and her her theme is animal rehoming. She's the type of person who every day is looking after animals that have been hurt, abandoned, providing them with homes. She she does a lot of capturing um, and spaying and neutering of cats and re-releasing. If she, or she'll try to find them homes. Every day, there was the other week there was a, a desperate call for a, a cat desperately needing a home. And um, I knew Linda would, would find the cat a home and she did. Um, Linda rescues a lot more than just cats. She'll do so many things. Um, they, she's the type of person who has worked so hard to create enough resources and she can only do so much she's just one person but she manages to physically take in a lot of abandoned animals um, when these people are so desperately in need of a home for their dog or cat because they're moving um, and the only option they think they have is to give it to the SPCA or put a cry for help out here out on the on the vegan pages um, and things like that. Linda will Every time she takes in that animal, every single time, we can't always rely, you know, make it all her on her shoulders. Um, I don't rescue physical animals, and um, that's something I want to change, um, but I don't. And people who do are, I am so grateful for, for them for being out there. And, um, I mean, I am nowhere near as grateful as the animals they save. So, Linda, now, I don't know about Linda's politics um, with regard to abolition or anything like that. This has nothing to do with, with that. I'm just acknowledging this person who saves a lot of animals, and I admire her greatly, and um, that's what she does. That's where her money goes, is to house the animals, feed the animals, network to try to find home for the animals, vet care. I mean, she spends thousands, and that's where she needs the money, and that's when she puts a call out for some help, is when, for example, she had a cat that had been hit by a car, and she took, they took him to the vet, and it costs a lot of money. And so, you know, that's when I donate money is, uh, to her, is, is when, you know, things like that happen. And it happens all the time. I mean, the amount of it's a staggering amount of injured, desperately injured animals and abandoned animals and malnourished animals. And you know, as we know, even in New Zealand, in this incredibly wealthy country that we have, there are there are too many. One is too many. Um, we're nothing this, like um, these other countries, but we have them here. You know, and um, it is inexcusable. Uh, so I wanted to just give a shout out to Linda. I asked her if I could put her on my podcast ages ago and um, she doesn't know what a podcast is. Um, not really down with the whole 
internet thing. What Linda does is spend all her time physically with animals, saving them, and the only time she's on, online is sending emails to people, either asking for help to pay for a vet bill for a certain animal or putting photos of animals that need homes and and letting people know that, you know, and she always finds homes for them. And um, and if she doesn't, then they live with her. And I don't know where she lives or what her place is like, but um, I'm sure it's a beautiful place because there's all these lives there that she's saved. So thank you, Linda, for all that you do. And um, I hope that um, I can convince her to promote abolition <laughs> uh, the way Peaceful Prairie does. And... Um, but she's, um, we don't, I don't know her, I've never met her, I just have seen her emails and I've tried to help as many times as I could. I don't have a lot of disposable income, but I mean even $10 will help if, if 100 people give $10 or $5, you know, as we know. So I just wanted to acknowledge that she's here. She's local. Um, I just want to acknowledge Linda and she did give me permission to, I always ask people because there is, um, I want to make sure that I know I have to be careful with links and things that I put on there. I am an abolitionist vegan, as I've said so many times before. I hate labels, but they're necessary if you want to be clear. So I have to say it, and I do say it. And there are some people who might not want to be linked um, to me because I am completely against any welfare regulation in major groups. And so I haven't had anybody ask me to take their link off. Um, I know that I might be linked to some things that are not 100% abolition, um, but I just, everybody knows where I stand. Anybody who listens to my podcast knows where I stand. And um, Linda has no idea where I stand. All Linda does is save animals on a daily basis, physical living animals, and find them homes. And that's where she spends all her time and money and efforts in. Um, and she really doesn't promote anything except for these individual animals' homes, getting homes for them. That's, that's basically what she spends her time doing. So I have a great admiration for Linda. So I really have been wanting to shout her out for ages. And the reason it took me so long after the initial email is because she sent it to another Elizabeth Collins. You see, there's so many of us in this world. It's such a common name that Linda replied to my initial emails asking her if I could shout her out to somebody else called Elizabeth Collins and another vegan in New Zealand called Elizabeth Collins or somebody in New Zealand called Elizabeth Collins and um, that she knows and has on her web on her email so anyway that's okay I am who I am and that's fine anyway that's why it took me so long to to get around to mentioning Linda and um, that's that was just uh, something that I've been wanting to do for a while because I really am grateful to her. It gives me so much hope, and the stories are wild, tragic. They always have a happy ending with Linda. This cat the other week has now got a home, and and um, I'm so grateful to people like that. And Linda is a vegan. Uh, she's a vegan. She's not about only um, one type of animal. She's 100% uh, vegan. So, yeah, I just wanted to offer some support. She sees a lot of, she sees a lot of things that we don't have to see. Uh, she's right there in the thick of it with the injured animals and with the abandoned animals, and um, and it's heartbreaking. So, but the the good thing is that she saves them. All right, and I also wanted to thank Maysu. I don't know if I pronounced it right. Who left a comment on? my episode that I talked about where I was um, talking about how we wanted 
change the word vegan from being something negative to something common, positive and, and normal. And um, I know lots and lots of people out there have discussed this many, many times before, and that's good. Anyway, thank you for leaving comment, first of all, and thank you for listening. And definitely thank you for telling me who invented the word vegan. I have no excuse for my lack of preparation. I feel maybe I do owe some explanation um, to my situation, and I'm going to get into that. But anyway, Donald Watson invented the word in 1944, so thank you for letting me know miss you and I'm sure I pronounced your name wrong and I'm sorry Donald Watson 1944 we've had 65 years something has not been being done right sorry to say that something's not being done so we, we now have this abolitionist movement that has begun and um, I think that finally, you know, a difference will be made. The only way that we can help anything is, is for people to go vegan. And we all know that. So how are we going to do that? Well, um, what I'm trying to do for my part, what I'm trying to do is the reason that I started this podcast is because I got really desperate um, and I was inspired by um, actually Vegan Freaks to do a podcast just because I knew that it was something I could do. It was a way to keep sane as well and to get these thoughts off my chest and to practice speaking out loud about the issue, you know, so that I could also listen to myself and realize things that I was doing. I picked up on some things that I would say that were typical animal metaphors, um, uh, grab the bull by the horns and things like that. And, you know, it's a way of, of hearing yourself speak and trying to be more effective. So I... I remember I, when I first heard about all this, I heard about Gary Francio, and that was from the Earthlings Forum. And then I listened to every single interview that he did, as, as every single interview as possible on the audio site from the abolitionistapproach.com. And I listened to his interviews on Vegan Freaks, and um, and then I learned about Vegan Freaks podcast. And they're you know the biggest podcast in the world, I think, with regard to veganism. And they're abolitionist, which is the most important thing. So that's fantastic. So you know, there. I mean, the the issue is being covered. I mean, anybody around the world can listen to. Them and um, when I tried when I started to do this podcast, what I was really trying to do was because I used to go on uh, forums all the time and I would spend so much time and energy on these forums and for me it wasn't it, for me it just didn't work uh, for me personally. I nothing against forums. I think forums are a fantastic resource for a lot of people and a lot of ideas get you know uh, kicked around in there and stuff like that. But for me it just wasn't do it wasn't cutting it. And when I moved back to New Zealand, I thought I already had a feeling that there was no abolition movement down here. I, I just had a feeling, you know, I know my country a little bit. I mean, I feel like a stranger here now, but I'll talk a little about that later. But so I got all desperate. And I thought, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I started, because when I first came back, I went to the meetings with the animal group and I mentioned Gary Francia and I mentioned abolition and it was just like shut down, you know, shot down in flames, like just forget it. Nobody even wanted to know. Nobody had even heard of him. Nobody had even heard of this concept. And those who did were all like, no, 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 it's too radical. And Every and like I just I was my heart sank actually and I thought oh no you know I can't be the only one who agrees with this and I thought well I'll just start asking around so I I joined onto the chat group thing and I sent out some stuff and basically anything I sent out well the chat group's not really a huge political it's not like the vegan freak forums or or the earthlings forum for example where it's really intense I mean you go on there 
and there's millions of people on there so it's not like that but anyway anything to do with that I tried to mention with abolition uh, when I tried to break, raise a voice about say what Peaceful Peru were doing it was just basically completely ignored it wasn't even um, nobody even wrote back or replied not a lot of people use it apparently the, this chat group I guess it's just four or five but then there'd be um, an email sent out about how Kentucky Fried Chicken is going to gas the chickens in Canada. And then, I mean, we got, I mean, it was like 25 emails from people, yeah, woohoo. And I thought, oh boy, you know, I'm really, you know, okay. I was like, something you really got to change. So I thought, well, I got to do something. I have to do something. I was going literally crazy. And I remember I left a couple of messages on the Vegan Freaks voicemail and um, I don't know if they ever listened to them, but I probably sounded a little out of my mind. It's like, oh, what am I going to do? There's no, you know, abolitionists down here in this country, and um, you know, not one single one. And and uh, I got to do something about that. I really want to spread this idea. And so, I started to do this podcast, um, trying to uh, be an abolitionist podcast. And I also do it in Spanish because I'm trying to be an abolitionist. I mean, in as many languages as possible. I want to work on my language skills with Spanish because I want to be able to talk to people in everyday life, face-to-face people um, as well, at every opportunity I can get if they allow me to. And I need to be able to speak about the issues. So I do it in both languages. And I always did it in the hope that, you know, maybe somebody would listen and either be inspired to do activism or be inspired to go vegan or, if they were already vegan, be inspired to support um, promoting vegan education and abolition of animal use rather than welfare, and those kind of things, um, and and I'm really and the, and I'm really trying to bring it down here to New Zealand in a big, very active way. And I said that in my first episode, and I really mean it. I want to bring it down here to New Zealand, and I'm trying not to get discouraged. I feel like I really do feel like. I mean, I've met two other people. I only heard of two other people. Now, I'm not doing the best job in promoting myself. I just kind of just did it because I was literally going crazy. And I put it on the web. And, you know, I figure somebody might find it. And a- anyway, um, and also because for me, it's it's um, I mean, it's easier for me to talk than it is to type. And you can put um, your ideas out there. And I also I want to practice talking out loud. So there's a number of reasons why I did this. And I'm so grateful for the amount of abolitionist vegan um, websites there are. It There's so many more. Once I get more, once I become more active, more and more and more active, which I mean, I need to just stop talking about it but and do it. But, you know, this, there is a heck of a lot of websites out there. Um, and I'm so grateful because... It really does make a difference to how you feel sometimes. You know, it's not about me, but it really does help. But um, I thought, wow, uh, look at their websites. And I, because I hadn't done a whole big bunch of um, exploring. Basically, what happened is I I listened to all Gary Francian's interviews and I thought, more people need to be doing this. <laughs> more people need to be taking that message and, and doing it as many people as possible on as many radio shows and as many blogs and as many there needs to be more people doing this and I thought well I can be one of those people I can do a podcast and I can do this and I realized there was a heck of a lot of people doing it um you know I'm still getting on my feet and it's taking a while it's just taking a little longer than I thought um and there's uh, just I hope so 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 when it comes down to, to um the amount of um time I'm doing to teach myself better web 
promoting skills and things like that. I haven't really done it. I haven't gone out there and tried to join all this stuff to learn how to really promote my podcast. And if I want to be responsible about spreading this message and being an another voice for abolition, I should do that. And I'm so I'm realizing um I should do that. At first I was a little self-conscious because um, it was just a way for me to get off my chest because I was going crazy and I thought, well, but I'm trying to, I was, I'm still a little bit sad that I haven't met or heard of a lot of other New Zealanders who are, who are down with this. There is a lot of, I don't even know how to, how to say it. I actually did think that I would get a lot more contact with local New Zealanders who might want to, who might want to start something. I don't know. Anyway, so I had a little bit of more, a bit of experience yesterday that I want to talk about because it's just for me to sort of voice it, like think, okay, what what can I do about this? What can I do? Because um, this is a big part, I think, of how how I'm going to be effective. I'm for me, it's, I agree that it's a grassroots movement. So I'm going to do as much as I can in my community and in my life here in my country as much as I can. The internet is fantastic. You can have global influence, and um, if anybody from around the world listens to my podcast, it's just as fantastic. I do want to do local things as well, especially because there is so little. And New Zealand has um, a huge animal welfare movement, as does every other country in the world. And I just want them, they're just going to do what they do, but I really want to wake people up to this, this type of activism. I want to go and be able to talk to um, young people about abolition. I want to introduce people to this concept, and I want to get to people before the welfare people get to them. I really, really do, because unfortunately, it's a lot of times once the welfare people, once they've gotten on that bandwagon, and they go down that road, sometimes it can be hard to uh, bring them back. And so I think if you get to them first, and you give them a clear, lucid, logical argument to start to start with. That's a, a really good basis. Now it's not to say that people can't, because like I myself was a person who was sent a check to Peter. I sent a check to the Humane Society, and I sent a check to a, a big group here uh, before I found out about abolition, and I immediately woke up to that. So it's not to say that it can't happen, but it can be. You know, I think once people start dedicating their time to something. I think a lot of it is hard for them to turn it around. Like I say, I'm really glad that this happened when I was a new vegan because if I'd spent 25 years promoting welfare reform, it's very hard for people to turn around and, and look at what they've been dedicating their entire lives to and, you know, admit that it might not be working. It's hard for people to do that, I think. It becomes about it becomes about that person. And it's really not about that person. And it's not about... It's not about um, it's not nothing to do with me. I mean, I wish that they, you know, I wish that they were making a difference, you know, with with regard to what's going on in New Zealand right now. Um, um, I'm just trying to be my. I I cannot change my message, but I really want to learn how to be more and more effective. I'm kind of floundering now because I, the 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 society that I live in, 
For one thing, I've been away for so long, and I just am, feel like a stranger in my own country. I, I don't feel so comfortable with this, with the culture yet. I'm still uh, not that comfortable with it. I'm mostly the only person I'm comfortable with is my brother because I find it very hard to relate. Um, to the culture because I'm used to Latina people so I'll give an example of what I'm facing and I'm, you know I'm trying to all I can think about is veganism the animals and how to help them that's all I think about and I want to be more effective and I am not discouraged but I'm realizing that that for one thing I think I'm like I say there's only three people as far as I know in this entire country that are promoting abolition and that would be me William Paul and Vish down in Wellington don't lose touch with me don't you dare don't you dare lose touch okay uh, anyway so but I'm really work I'm constantly racking my brains and I have these imaginary arguments where you know, I get to talk about veganism and abolition, and I'm thinking, okay, this is what the kind of questions they're going to ask me. This is the kind of arguments that they're going to say to me. What would I say? How could I be effective? And a lot of times, when you get on the really public stuff, um, there's they have to cut you off, they edit you heavily, and and there's always to, oh, we have to go to ads, we have to go to ads. So you, you know, you have to be very concise. But even no matter whether you're famous or whether you have access to public people, as long as you do it to people every day in your life, every single day, every single person in your life, it makes a difference. Uh, as long as you have that right message. If you have the right message not enough of us have the right message not enough of us have the right message we need more of us um, we need more of us spreading them this message um, and in New Zealand there it's an overwhelming it's just overwhelming I want to talk to people in New Zealand who are not vegan and um, and I want to talk to um, yeah, people who've never even heard of the concept of animal animal rights. I want to talk to those people, and um, and so, but I'm just not really that comfortable with the with the with the with the culture. It's, for example, let me get to my point. So uh, it was a um, I went to a family dinner with some relatives, and it was actually quite a small gathering, but there was maybe uh, ten people there. And it was a dinner because it was a party of a birthday and a retirement party. It was a buffet at a bar in a very small town, and the um the bar I looked at the back in New Zealand luckily in the, on the back of the bottles they have to put um all of the animal product um uh, filters on there because it's a it's an allergy issue so legally here you have to do that so um you can look at the back of a bottle and it, and, it, and if it doesn't say egg eyes and glass milk for products or egg products then you know that it's vegan wine um, my favorite wine is Wright's Winery um, just because they are a vegan winery and their website is veganism and they support veganism and nonviolence and and um, and then my next favorite is Sunset Valley wines from Nelson because they put on their and they don't promote veganism or anything but they're organic as is rice and they put on the back of their bottle no animal products were used in the production of this wine and I always buy their wine and uh, just because of that anyway um in this place i looked at the back of the bottle and i asked the barman you know i said you know, let me look at the back of the bottles um and i always explain to them why i'm doing it at the dinner table you see when i was with my dominican family i mean it was always a big extended family and there's always these big family gatherings and that was when i was a pescatarian lecto da, 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 whatever you call it but i didn't eat meat and they were all eating meat and i was not an ethical so i never it never bothered me that they were eating it you know i never didn't wake up until i became vegan 
Um, but, you know, it was always a big deal. I was always like, why aren't you eating? No, she doesn't eat meat. Why aren't you eating meat? And the whole place, and then I say, I'm not eating meat. I'm not eating it. I'm not eating it. They'd always make fish for me because I ate fish. So that is meat. But, you know, when we say meat, we usually mean, <laughs> we usually mean land meat, unfortunately. But fish is just as much meat. But basically, it was always this big. And the whole, everybody would get involved, and people were interested, and it was never, you know, you can't get away with anything. But my culture, this culture, Nobody mentioned that I got up uh, and went and, and uh, first of all, I just wasn't even going to be bothered to eat anything. I was like, I'm not going to eat anything because it's all going to have butter on it. But my mother very kindly asked the chef uh, what the roast vegetables were and they had canola oil and then the steamed vegetables were just steamed with no with no, no, nothing. So I ate the roast vegetables and I ate the um, steamed vegetables and that was all I ate and everybody else was having all the chicken and whatever other animals there were there and let me tell you if that was my family from New York my Dominican family and they saw me get up and help myself to a little bowl of vegetables and sit back down every single person would be like what are you doing you know why aren't you eating and I would have had a chance to say I'm a vegan I don't eat animals I'm ethically opposed to it so I'm only eating the vegetables and the only reason I'm eating the vegetables is because they don't have any animal products on them otherwise I wouldn't eat them either it was all just nobody said anything but I could see them looking but they wouldn't dare to say anything. They'd, like I said, they'd talk about it after I was gone. And I'm not saying these are backbiting people or anything. It's just the culture. So it's actually quite a difficult culture to get this going. Like I say, you can't argue with somebody who refuses to engage with you um, because the culture is that you just don't talk about anything. So the fact that I got up and went and helped myself, I mean, maybe they told them in whispers, well, she's not going to eat any of the meat because she doesn't eat meat. And then they would have been like, oh, okay. And they would have been very nice. And I mean, I'm, they're very lovely people. Um, and they would think that they were doing it as an as a favor. I mean, they're not used to me. I I feel like a stranger here in my own culture. I'm used to the New York culture. I'm used to the Latinos where, you know, believe me, anything is jumped on by the ho You know, you cannot be shy and you better not be self-conscious. They'll knock the self-consciousness right out of you in a second. And it's not maliciousness. It's just they're very vocal um, about everything. Nobody's nobody's uh, immune I mean you're all gonna get you're gonna be dis under discussion so over here it's not like that so I I have I need to learn how to work with my culture here because I'm trying to bring the abolitionist movement down under to New Zealand that's my mission I'm trying to bring it down here because I live here and you know I'm amongst these people and this is the country that I live in and if I get a job it's probably gonna be in this country so I need to learn how to work with this culture and I don't I'm not used to this culture anymore because I've been away so long and um, and I spent half my life literally not being here and I was always a little different anyway so I'm trying to learn how to work with this with my New Zealand culture first of all everybody's a farmer so you're dealing with people who you're threatening their way of life with regard to the economics of it. So you have to take that into consideration. Um, I mean, everybody, I mean, they, they are farmers, so they are directly involved. But I mean, like, like we're all directly involved in the animal slaughter. It's just they're doing the dirty work for us. So, um, but you see, it's their livelihood. That's how they make their money. So there's that to consider. So I have a lot to learn, a lot, a lot, a lot to learn how to engage people because when you try to engage somebody, but they don't even allow you to start the conversation. Not everybody's like that here in New Zealand. I'm not, I'm not doing a blanket rule, but it does seem to be a trend of you just don't talk about anything different or you talk about it uh, in a very quiet, uh, you don't engage with the actual person. And so I, 
I learned a lot yesterday. It was, you know, anybody who's vegan and you go to dinner and and um, it's so upsetting and nobody can relate. I was, you know, I was sitting there and see the problem is is like we got to get away. We want to get away from this image of being people who are all depressed and everything like that. Um, and I'm not a depressed person. However, it is very distressing when you know the truth. It is very, very distressing. You can't relate to the level of distress of, of being around um, the dead animals that are being eaten um, that you feel inside at these dinners. And so this is the things that I'm constantly battling with on a daily basis is, okay, you know, this is what happened. How, you know, how could I have done it better? How could I have been affected? How could I have brought it up? <laughs> I can picture it if I had made an announcement at the table. I was sitting next to a about a three-year-old girl or a four-year-old or I don't know. That's my, my second cousin. I should know how old they are. I'm very sort of lax about those things, about ages and things. And a, and a baby who's only like um, just over a year old. And they were being fed chicken. You know, eat your chicken, eat your chicken. And, um, boy, I tell ya, it's gotta, something's gotta change. And, um, we got to figure it out together, and so I need to learn a little bit more about my culture. I need to learn about, I need to read, a, a good way to do it is to read the comments of people on these on these sites. For example, there was a lot of uh, outrage because they're investigating uh, intensive pig farming. I don't even want to go into the whole campaign. It's I'm not even going to really spend a lot of time on it because I make it, oh, I don't know. But when you read the letters written by people, you can see the mentality. You have to understand the mentality of the people that you're trying to reach and what, what will work, what will work. If you want to compare it, you could, could compare it to English society. I think more than Australian society. I don't know a lot. I haven't been to Australia, but I would say we're more English over here. We are lucky enough to have some island people here who are large and warm and <laughs> loud and you know lighten up the place a little bit and we have other cultures here as well which are diversifying our culture so that's also very helpful but um and of course the Maori people um and I mean when I'm talking about my culture it's the Caucasian culture uh and um just like anywhere else there's a lot of segregation in our society and racism so I want to reach all cultures all over the world I don't just want to talk to people in my own culture but um, that's where it starts is whoever I'm closest to at the time whoever I'm around and I think that I have a lot to learn we're a nation of farmers and um, the traditional dinner is a roast lamb on a Sunday and the traditional, um, the majority of the food is meat. Um, luckily, we have a lot of Indians here, so I can go out to eat. <laughs> because as we know, Indian food is so easy to find, vegan Indian food. So, um, But um, anyway, I'm still working on it. I'm, I think all of this thinking is going to help me. Um, you know, once I get on my feet a little bit, uh, you know, and I kind of um, get more back into uh, a routine where I'm, oh, I don't have a job, you know, when I have a job and things like that. I can try to figure out ways to do more 
I want to do more. I'm trying to get through to people locally to join me. And um, and William's going to go out into the public with me. He's quite happy to do that. And we're going to um, try to go to places. Now, I don't know enough. I've never done that before. So, you know, we have to figure out where, you know, where we can go and what what the story is. I don't know if you have to pay to have your table at these things. I think that you have to pay for the table and things like that. And um, I don't think, I'm not really, I don't know if I'd stand on a street corner and hand out pamphlets like that, but I would want to go somewhere where groups of people gather. And then people, the reason that people are going to, after living in New York and walking down the street and having people try to give me bits of paper, I don't know. I don't I don't really want to do that. I don't think it's effective enough. That's not what I talk about when I talk about giving out this literature, the kind of literature that I want to promote. I knew I would like to go where people gather and where the people are go to go and look at the different things that are there. And what that do, where it is in Auckland is at Aotea Square and it's on Saturdays and Sundays and it's a market and there's all kinds of things there and um, there's people selling all kinds of things including plenty of animal products um, but there's a place where you can go now I'm pretty sure it costs money but I don't know how much it will cost but that would be where I'd want to make a regular appearance uh, promoting abolition so I have this goal that I'm going to work on with the, with regards to getting out in the actual community where I live um, and doing that kind of activism um, a place where people literally go and gather and, and, and um, if you're there every week um, you know, in the same place, promoting the same message, um, rather than, um, yeah, I, I would never plan to go out on a street corner and, and hand things out and um, things like that to people who are busy doing other things. I want to go where people gather, and I do want to go to where there are animal gatherings or animal group gatherings and um, and promote this, but um, because I know the resistance of the welfare movement to anybody promoting abolition, I didn't go to the animal conference that was held here. I didn't really, I didn't get organized to go, but I didn't go, um, I should have gone, I should have gone and just promoted abolition and told them all what I thought, but I didn't, so I guess I'll have to go next year, and I'm not scared of conflict as such, I'm not scared of it, I'm not worried about it, because I'm, I believe in my message, so I can, I believe in it, it makes, it's very easy for me to talk about it. Um, but um, I'm still a little bit, um, I'm just learning, I know I talk a lot about that and I keep saying it over and over, but it's the truth, it's the, it's the, the darn truth. I'm learning how to be more effective with what I say, and I think it does make a huge difference if you know the type of people that you're dealing with and the culture that you're dealing with. So, last night, I did not enjoy myself at all, at all. The entire dinner... All I was doing was sitting there thinking of the animals that they were eating and the little children that were being fed chicken and before that they'd eaten some sausage and all these other kinds of things and these were relatives of mine and I didn't say a word and nobody said a word to me and I miss I miss my Dominican family who would have, the whole table would have made had a big comment and would have gotten into a debate about it and talked about it and they would have maybe even said oh that's ridiculous and la la but they would have talked about it with me so I didn't say anything last night except for to the barman to make sure that I got some vegan wine and my mother asked the chef for me if the 
because I couldn't even be bothered. I got into a very bad mind space, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I don't know. But the one thing that I did do was I I bead a vegan. I was a vegan. I didn't eat anything that wasn't vegan. And I didn't buy a present for my auntie that wasn't a vegan present. And um, so that that is that is the one thing that you can do and you can feel good about uh, with regard to being effective. Um, I'm just one of those people who really want to spread this abolitionist message. And I'm still trying to learn how to do it. And um, thanks for putting up with all this rambling. And I'm sorry if I'm all over the place at the moment. Um, I'm going to do this podcast as far as I'm concerned, for the rest of my life, because, um, yeah, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life anyway, no matter what, in some shape or form, this is it, so, every day is different, uh, every moment's different, and um, I have good stories and bad stories, I have good experiences and bad, bad experiences, but I believe thoroughly in what I'm doing, and um, it comforts me that there are other people who are doing it. It does comfort me. Um, I can't rely on on them to do it for me. Um, and I can't rely on them to always be stroking my ego or patting me on the back or anything like that. I just have to do it. And, um, and I can only do it the best way that I can. Like I've said, this is the best I can do at this moment in, in, in time. Who knows what's going to change in my life? Who knows what I'm going to be capable of doing? Who knows what I'm going to end up doing? But right now, this is what I'm doing. And I'm going to do my Spanish broadcast now and talk a little bit more about veganism. Thanks for listening, and um, I'll be back next week. Bye.